Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dyes, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of EloquenceOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? And of course, here we are already at number six. Seven, episode 7 of our Bank Like a Champion today, our special monthly visit with retail banking coach John Wilkening from Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. So we're going to get to that right after the break. But of course, here on the Power Performance, we are in our 11th year. And here at Eloquent Online, we are closing in on 1 million downloads all time. And I'm talking about all of the shows that we've produced, both this one, the ones that we've produced for our clients. I've done a lot of podcasts and different topics and historical things on different types of platforms, but it's all eloquent online, and it's hard to believe closing in. It'll happen sometime before the end of the year, one million downloads. Hard to believe, but hey, we've been doing this you know, for over 10 years, 11 years on this show alone, so it's, it's taken a while to get there. A couple quick things before we get to John. I had some great conversations this week, and there is a, I don't call it a theme, but I spoke to somebody last month who said something to me. It was the word I've been looking for for a long time. The word is indoctrination, which is very different than education, but it was applied as to how more seasoned credit union professionals, and this, in this particular case, see it most in the credit union marketplace, how they are preparing young credit union leaders to be leaders in this marketplace, and it's not great. I've said this to three stone-cold credit union professionals this week, and they have all agreed. So I'm going to say it now, and you tell me whether you agree or disagree. The goal of an individual credit union is not to get the member owners of that individual credit union to love all credit unions. Your member owner may love your credit union, but they cannot be expected to love all credit unions. And there's not a, and I know when I talk about why we need the leagues or the trade associations and then everyone always says the same thing, advocacy. I reached out to Mike Matone this week. He was at the Congressional Caucus up in D.C. I had a simple question. What, what does it accomplish? Every year I see photos. Hey, we're at the Congressional Caucus. Look, there is not a single election, local, state, or federal, that is turned on the tax status of credit unions. You need to understand most of your member owners don't care. The focus has to be on how do we bring up young banking professionals to represent the individual brand and themselves the right way. As a credit union employee, your only responsibility, your sole fiduciary responsibility is to that of your member owners. Full stop. No hashtag required. Well, we'll be talking about that. Gosh, I was going to say for the rest of the year, but the year feels like it's almost over. But it's not, and we've got a lot of great shows 
coming up, including the one here today as we go up to South Bend, Indiana, to visit with John Wilkening. And so we're going to do that, and we're going to do it all right after this. For over 11 years, this is not a white paper, this is not a webinar, this is conference quality information without the rubber chicken dinner, the $14 airport light beer, and without the expense report. This is and has always been the power of performance podcast. We're going to the South Bend, Indiana. John Wilkening, he's playing on a championship team because American Banker has again for the second year in a row. Selected Notre Dame Federal Credit Union is one of the best credit unions in America. Hey, Coach Wilkening, tell us why. It's really our culture, Jason, you know, and it, and it takes a lot of work by, by all the partners, honest to God, uh, all the executives, all the management. Uh, and, of course, you know, a big part of that is just hiring good people. And, uh, you know, they fit in, and uh, we make sure everybody fits in. And, you know, uh, we play everybody to their strengths, uh, regular feedback from one-on-ones, uh, monthly with their direct supervisors, uh, to annually with their executive. And it, it, you know what? It's very simple. Empower your people and listen to them. And that's really been the strength of our success. And this is two years in a row. Uh, last year, we were actually rated, uh, rated number one in our category. This year, number two. But I got to tell you, most of these, you know, you'll never get it 100%. You understand that. But most of these uh, partners here at the Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, they don't feel like they're coming to work. You know, they feel it's an extension of their lives. And we take great pride. And think about it, so much in the workplace. We all have a work face. And, you know, somebody we're supposed to be to the outside world. And, no, at Notre Dame Federal Credit Union, I purposely, we purposely have t- torn that down. And what we want is everybody to bring their real, genuine selves to work. Uh, you're not on stage. I mean, you're talking to people uh, to help them change their lives, better their lives. And we've all traveled journeys of challenge. And I ask them to bring their journey to work every single day and share that with the members uh, so they're, you know, they could feel the love and they could feel the compassion when people are in hard times. We just have a wonderful, wonderful culture. And, you know, from the outside world, I don't think anybody understands that, you know, they say, wow, things are going great there. But I think if you were to talk to the employees, you know, they would tell you how great things really, you know, really are. And we take that, we guard our culture and we guard, guard our morale before anything. You know, and I will tell you one thing, and I'm very proud of this. We have broken a lot of records since I joined the organization six years ago with this dream team. And do you know we have never had an employee written up for a lack of sales results? Because that's not what we have them do. We have them come in and do what is right for the member. And so when we get all 115 partners of the retail network, whether they're on my commercial team uh, or in my retail network team, they're all doing the right thing every single day. And, I, you, know, you know, I have a dream. I really do, that eventually there'll just be no goals. There's no, you know, at some point, I honestly believe with this team, they are such missionaries that we won't have to have goals, Jason. These folks come to work every single day just to do their best. They've already made their annual budget. 
and they're still producing, you know, because it's not, hey, the widget's a Wells Fargo, or you got to do this, or what's your cross-sell ratio, all the stupid analytics that are out there. You know, what there <laughs> is, no, no, what there is is a person in front of you, and we just ask our folks to give that person all their attention, not profile questions at the old Chase Bank or Bank One, whatever oh, it was God. back in the day, <laughs> right? Fill out that card. No, have a real conversation and go through their debt, go through their budget. It's part of our opening experience that drives our culture, and our employees have now grasped the concept of the power they have to better lives. Wow, I love the way John put that. Stupid analytics, we call that being redundant. Speaking of profile sheets, back when I was in retail banking, I was in private banking, and most of my customers were a bit older than I was, obviously, in those days, and we had a profile sheet that our Smarter Than Smart consultants had convinced us we needed, and so here comes my first customer of the day, you know, 83 years old, and the first question on the profile sheet, um, excuse me, sir, what are your long-term financial plans? Of course, the guy's like, I don't know, dinner? And, of course, I stopped using that ridiculous profile sheet. It seems so archaic to everybody now. It had two carbon copies, one that I kept, one that I sent to my manager, and one that I sent to the main home office, wherever that was. Well, hey, let's move from private banking to private jets. Our good friends at PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone, and now they have their own private Learjet. I asked John, he's a very traditional credit union guy, how he felt about that. Yes, I just can't even believe it, to be honest. You know, you, you, I don't get into the whole banker credit union thing, and you know that. I mean, nobody is a bigger That's, fan yeah. of community banks. Um, but again, this is a big boy. This is a big boy. And you know what's your you know once the credit union gets over five billion, um, you're going to lose some of that uh, hometown feeling. You're not you know what's the difference when you start buying credit unions you know in six states? What differentiates you from Wells or Bank of America? Honestly, and this is honestly I will put this in the top two. Uh, I think the worst thing I ever heard of in banking financial service industry is when. Citibank, who had so much to do with the 2008 recession, uh, takes their TARP money and buys Citibank Field and for the Mets. I mean, that was not what wow. TARP money was for. And, you know, right. PenFed, we all, you know, you saw it on LinkedIn, and there was comments from across the country. And there is just yep. not a, there's no good look. There's no perfume you can put on this pig. Uh, the president answered the question with, well, this is a fraction of our earnings. Um, the point is they're so big and there's so much in that annual report now that the members aren't giving it a read. And frankly, you know, we know money, we know money is lazy, right? And so if folks, folks are happy with their service or their mortgage rate or their car loan, they, they forget that they're the owners of the credit union. And that is one of the reasons I always try to say member owner. That is something that needs to change all across the credit union vernacular because the members shouldn't forget that they're the 
owners. They actually outrank the CEO and the president of the board. And I told John off the air, I can remember going to a conference years ago, a corporate credit union conference in Palm Desert, and I mean it was champagne fountains and fondue fountains, and I thought this is a million-dollar event for credit unions? I thought I was at an event for Bank of America. So anyway, the private Learjet, $10.5 million of the member owner's money. To me, it just doesn't fit into the credit union mystique, the locality. We're the we're the people that give you a hug rather than a handshake, uh, whatever that mystique may be. No, and that's correct, and, and honestly, and, and keep in mind, even if they were to charter planes 10 times a year, they didn't want to deal with commercial flight, there's COVID, we're afraid of the airport, I'll buy all that, but I can guarantee you, you could have chartered 10 planes a year uh, for the executives to have a nice, easy trip. You know, yeah, you could have done it that route. It, it, that, a, that annual maintenance is never going to stop. That's a gift that keeps on giving, and uh, it's an ugly look. I'm going to call it like I see it. You know that about me. Well, I want the member owners of PenFed. Uh, not only do you have great rates for everyone, you got a Learjet for everyone. Every single member owner of that credit union now owns a portion of that Learjet, and I'd love to get the CEO on the show to find out how do members get their free ride on that jet. And I don't make a big deal out of it. I can fly a small Cessna Style plane. I'm like a 15-year-old who can drive a car but doesn't have his license. I've been flying small planes all my life. And I think the president of PenFed is a pilot. So maybe he's flying it, but like John said, those maintenance costs, they never, ever end. And so anyway, we'll just see what happens there with PenFed. They got great rates and a Learjet, but not for everyone, I'm betting. Well, speaking of LinkedIn and social media, I told John, I still see a lot of banking professionals spending a lot of time on LinkedIn saying nothing. And since nobody empowered me to tell people what that balance should be, I asked John and he had a great answer. You know, I would tell you the answer is what are you accomplishing? I mean, if you're yeah. leading your organization to greatness and you're, you're doing a fantastic job, uh, post away. Um, if you're yeah. posting instead of producing or working with people, then, then you've got a problem. You know, and so much of it's right. uh, I got you know, to put that in the quote keeper vault right now. If you are posting and not producing, that is a stone cold hashtag quote keeper there, John. You, you know, honestly, that's what it really comes down to. Are you, you know, what are you doing on social media? Are you marketing yourself for a job or are you trying to share the victories of your organization? I personally use LinkedIn. If you go through my feed, um, 90% of the time I want to share the successes of my team and my employees yeah. or great, or great events, um, or people that have great causes. Is, um, yeah. you know, Leslie Weinrich, um, is out here in Michiana, and she's fighting a, a, a battle uh, to educate on suicide. Um, I'm certainly going to like and share that. That's a gorgeous cause. I support that lady. Uh, she's making the world a better place. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is, if you're just posting, you know, like it's face, you know, Facebook, no. But if you're sending articles out to your network that can help them improve, uh, you're building relationships. I talked to this Josh Murphy in Iowa. I told you about that, one of the great chief retail officers in the country, an up-and-comer. Um, you know, I met him on LinkedIn, and we're sharing trade secrets uh, and that kind of stuff. So social media has its place, but only when you're winning. And finally, I asked John about another observation I've made, sometimes on social media and elsewhere. It has been my experience over the past 
10 or so years that younger people in that millennial demographic are simply incapable of having a conversation, a spoken conversation. Sometimes it's a conversation. Sometimes it's a debate. They simply cannot have them. And my concern is that is how you build a banking brand. You ask your customers and member owners and clients great questions in the limited number of times that you actually get to see them face-to-face or talk to them on the phone. And that is something that really concerns me. And I asked John, is the art of conversation something that is absolutely lacking in Generation Next? And what does that mean for banking? Well, you know, personal conversation and looking somebody in the eye, that's a skill we're losing right up there with cursive, cursive signatures, right? I mean, with the right. you know, pretty soon we're this generation going to be taught to sign their checks with an X, um, you know. So you're you're, you're you know, honestly, you're 100 percent right. And I'll go back to a story where I started to talk about this in my high school financial literacy courses. Uh, my daughters wanted Dairy Queen one night, Jason, and uh, they texted me. Now they're, they're they're you know they're college now, but they were small. I mean. And they had, you know, but they texted me, Dad, can we get Dairy Queen? And I called down the hallway for them both. And, it's, and I said, you're going to get Dairy Queen, but you need to ask me in person. And then as we went and got the ice cream in the car, I said, you know, that little nervous feeling that when you ever ask somebody for something that you get in your tummy, I said, you're supposed to have that. <laughs> and that's why I wanted them to come in and talk so they can learn to, uh, you know, deal with those feelings or overcoming those minor obstacles. And so we're teaching a generation not to have conversations. We're teaching a generation to hide behind cell phones. We're saying things in text that can only be mis- misconstrued versus having verbal conversation. Oh, or we're, say- we're saying so much in email. You know, we're saying so much in email. But you're 100% right. And, you know, and the old great bank training. And again, we go back to the, you know, god-awful, some of the god-awful chief retail officers, you know, you, you know where they where they say, let's role play. You know, that's not genuine. My, te- my team is not scripted. I get my, my team is not scripted. We do bullet points, and then we let their personalities be themselves, but not scripting where you're reading. Uh, but, yes, you're 1,000% right. We're raising a generation uh, that has no ability to walk in an office. I, I want to know how this is going to work out in 30 years when somebody texts their boss for a raise. Uh, versus going in yeah. and saying, you know, Chief, I, I've done this, this, and this. Jason, of all the subject matters we've ever talked about, we are raising a generation um, that are not going to be socially strong, that can't deal with confrontation, uh, that can't play, a, you know, a counterpunch uh, in negotiations. I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's all about a tennis match. I speak, you speak, right, and we keep going yeah. back. There, so many of them are not. I spend a lot of time on nonverbal communication training, um, understanding people. Uh, again, I don't call it overcoming objections because, again, we're not selling anything at the Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. If we've got something that can better your life, change your life, and that, that is one reason, Jason, and I've said this before, well, we've done snow angel contests at night, and we've done Chef Boyardee and Pop-Tart contests and all the crazy things we do. We have never had a product contest um, wow. because I want, my te- I want my team to be natural. I want my team to be genuine, and I want my team to be able to stay calm and have real conversations. And just like our first conversation, you know, I had the famous, the, my biggest LinkedIn post, uh, you know, 20,000 after I said, hey, the pandemic had started. I was tense. 
and vendors are banging up my box trying to make a living, and I get it. But I said, <laughs> I unless, I unless, you, <laughs> unless you get a cure for the pandemic and you can say, keep my team safe, I don't want to hear from you. Uh, and then you, you know, and then you came back, and we we had a natural conversation, and here we are today. You know, I laugh. Exactly. I will tell all of our listeners that Jason and John are as different politically, you know, on the spectrum as we can be. But we have a respect, and we can talk about everything. And sometimes those sometimes those conversations are uncomfortable. But guess what? We both talk, and it's never personal. And that's what we've got to teach this generation. It is not personal to disagree. And that is something else we're going to continue to talk about on this show. This is not based upon a handful of interactions with people in the millennial generation. This is empirical evidence from hundreds and hundreds of interactions. Banking is a people business, and it requires consultative conversation. The greatest question asked in the banking marketplace goes to our friends at Capital One, what's in your wallet? That was the number one question I used to ask people in a different way. Tell me about your other financial relationships. And I would uncover so much stuff back when I was on the platform in retail banking. So if we're not training people to have great conversations, we need to start yesterday. And of course, we thank John for joining us on the show and for reminding us to bank like a champion today and every day. And thank you so much for listening to the Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? My name is Jason Dyes, and until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Look up in the air, eight miles high, it might be the pen fed Learjet. We'll talk to you soon. You'll find that no member owners are allowed on the plane. This is your captain, James Shank, reminding you that I don't fly coach. <laughs>